Hallelujah. Family, thank you for indulging me once again this week, affording me the opportunity to speak into your lives. Um, let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. Everlasting Savior, we bless and we magnify your name. We thank you, Lord God, for you hold all things, Lord God, through the power, Lord God, of your word. We are so grateful for the opportunity that you have given us to share the word of God this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus that, Father, you will take control, that you will take preeminence. Everlasting God, we pray, my Father, that you will speak through these lips of clay, that you may touch the hearts of men, Lord God, that after it has been said and done, Lord God, and the voice is silenced, that, Lord Father, the Holy Spirit will do the greatest work in the hearts of men, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. My Father, we are so grateful for the opportunity to be alive. Thank you, Lord God, for indeed your word says many are the plans in a man's heart, but the will of God prevails every time. Therefore, we pray, Lord God, that even in our lives, Lord God, that your will will take preeminence in the name of Jesus. Be in charge, be in control. Lord, be the one that leads us. Be the one that moves us. The Bible says it is in you that we live. It is in you that we move. And it is in you that we have our being. We are so grateful that, Lord Father, your presence is always with us. Thank you that your presence is our reward. Your presence, mighty God, is our prize. Your presence, Lord God, is our spoils of war. We are so grateful that we have your presence, Lord God, in our lives. Thank you for the sweet, small voice guiding us, showing us that this is the way go therein. Therefore, Father, we pray that you speak to us, that you give us a word in season in the name of Jesus. We are grateful, everlasting Savior. We thank you. And in Jesus' mighty and awesome name, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I don't want to dwell a lot about what we discussed last week because I want to believe that uh, there's a recording and if in case you need to refer to that word, you know, you can listen to that recording. We're still continuing with our theme where we are looking at the subject of purpose and vision, looking at the purpose for which God has sent us into this world. Today, I want to take a different turn. Permit me to speak on two connected Topics. I want to speak about the plans and purposes of our lives and the dilemma of conformity. It will make sense. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Psalm, Psalm 127 from verse 1. The Bible says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain unless the lords build a house the builders labor in vain now when we speak about the plans or we speak about the pursuits you know that man has all of us as we are right now there are plans that we have in our hearts there's things that we intend to do. You know, we, we have already, you know, made um, some 
research we have already started investigating we have you know spoken to people you know we have read you know those who read and you know we've spoken to our mentors we've spoken to those you know that we feel are people in authority whom we can confide in and they have you know given us guidance in terms of what we need to do with our lives and where we need to go with our lives look my pastor often says that if you do not make plans, you are already planning to fail. So all of us, there should be a plan that is already in place in terms of what we want to do with our lives. A life that does not have a plan is like a plane that is moving from the airport, but it is rudderless. You need your instruments to be able to know where you are going. So just like us in life we know the purpose for what god you know intends to do with our lives but for us to be able to realize that purpose we need plans we need goals you know we need to have a structure we need to know what is it that we are aiming for we can't just be shooting an arrow aimless there must be a goal there must be a bullseye that we are intending to reach so all of us we have plans you know for where we want to go and I want to believe that the Holy Spirit is also in it. For the Bible says, he is the sweet, small voice that says to us, go therein. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us, you know, in order for us as believers to fulfill our plans or to reach our plans. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Proverbs 19, verse 21. This is my one of my most, most, most favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevail. Other translation says, it is the Lord's will that prevails. So as much as we have plans, as much as, you know, we have decided that this is what we are intending to do, this is the direction that we want to take. The Bible tells us, right, that the will of God must supersede our plans. What that means is that our plans must be in alignment with the will of God for our lives. So it still, you know, talks about, you know, what we discussed last week, that the plan and will of God must be paramount in our lives. That if there is anything that we discover early in life, you know, before we discover education, before we discover love, before we discover sex, before we discover all these things that seem, you know, to be taking the attention of men, we must seek the will of God. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So we first seek God. We first seek the will. We first seek the purpose of God. Why? Because if we make plans that are not in line with the purpose of God, the Bible says we are like a builder, you know, that is building a house, you know. But, I mean, we are like, we are like, um, the Bible says, unless the Lord builds a house, the laborers build in vain. We are like people that are building a house, but this house does not have a foundation. We are laying the walls. We are putting the roof. You know, We are very excited that our structure is standing, but we do not have a foundation. Now, our foundation, it is the will of God for our lives. God saved us for a purpose. God gave us salvation for a purpose. So that in this world where we find ourselves, remember the verse, 
that we referred to last week um, in, the, in, in the book of Romans, that the earth is groaning and it is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. There are people, you know, there are establishments, there are institutions that are waiting for you, you know, to realize your papers so that you can work in your papers and begin to be a voice, you know what I mean, in the society or in the world where you find yourself in accordance with the will of God. So if you are going to make plans for your life, but the plans that you are making are not in alignment with the purpose of God, the Bible says you are like those who are building a house, right? But they're building it in vain because that house is not being built by God. Imagine if you want to build a house, you know, one of the things that you will do is to first have, you know, what we call a blueprint or is what, you know, I don't know what another word you can use. You know, you need to have a map. I think that's a, uh, the easiest way that we use. You need to have a map, you know, that the builders are going to follow to know, you know, that the, the, the foundation must be this high, must be this thick. You know, you must use this kind of brick and the walls must be like that. You know, there must be this meters and all that. So you need a map. You need a blueprint for you to be able to build a house. Now, our blueprint when we are building a house is God. Our blueprint when we are building our plans, our blueprint when we are setting things in order is the Father himself because it takes the Father to guide us. It was Christ who was speaking to the disciples and he asked a question to them. He said to them, whom do you say that I am? And they began to come with, you know, all kinds of explanations, you know, based on their own understanding, trying to define whom the Son of Man is. But it was Peter, you know, who said to the Christ that you are Jesus, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. And Jesus Christ said to Simon at that time that it is not man who revealed this to you, but it is the Spirit of God. And Jesus went on to say, from now on we shall change your name from being Simon to being Peter. For upon this rock, you know, uh, I shall establish my church. Peter, in the, uh, I think in the Greek, you know, it means Cephas, which means a rock. So when Christ called Peter, you know, Peter, he was saying, you will be a sure foundation from which I shall establish the church. And you will know as we read the book of Acts that it was the apostle Peter who stood in faith and proclaimed the gospel. And the Bible says that day, multitudes, you know, thousands of people were saved to the gospel. And that was the beginning of what we call the church today. Now, when you are able to define who God is, when you are able to know exactly what the plan of God is for your life, when you are able to know exactly what is, you know, the role of Jesus in your life, Jesus will begin to tell you who you are. Peter, when he knew who Christ was, and he began to tell Christ that this is who you are, it was then Christ that also did what? Told Peter who he is. When you find God, you find yourself. When you find, you know, uh, 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 the Father himself, when you find the will of God, you begin to find yourself. Many of us, we are doing all sorts of things because we are trying to find who we are. Many of us, you know, we do not have, you know, oh God, Jesus, help me. Many of us, you know, we are living our lives the way that we are living them. Why? Because we have not come into contact with the God that is able to reveal destinies. Many of us have gone to all sorts of places. You know, we think that we are the sick. Therefore, we go to the doctors to come and heal us and tell us that you need to live with this disease. Some of us, we are trying to find an, an identity and we are looking to the ancestors because we think that our identity is in you know, or 
in our ancestors. Some of us, we are trying to speak to the old people in the family because we believe that these people will define who we are. We believe that these are the people who will tell us who we are. We go, you know, toe and fro. We go all sorts of places. The Bible says, be not carried away by every wind of doctrine. We go to all kinds of places. Why? Because we are trying to find out who we are. We are trying to figure out who we are. We are trying to sense the will of God for your for our lives. But beloved, I want to tell you this morning that for you to know who you are, you need to find God. You need to find Jesus. For when you have found the Christ, the Bible says all these things shall be added unto you, including on that who you are. The Bible says what prospers a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul. You can have all the things in life, but when you don't have God, you are rudderless. There is no direct there is no point for life. Therefore, you need to find God for God to define who you are, that you will begin to walk in the plan of God for your life. You need to find God. It is when you find God that you begin to walk in the will and purpose of your life. Jesus. In the book of Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. The Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me stop there and go back. The Bible says, do not conform. Now, there's a word there, conform, conform. That word is from the word conformity. What is conformity? Conformity, you know, in the dictionary, it is defined as a type of social influence involving a change in belief or behavior in order to fit in with a group. Conformity is a type of social influence involving a change in belief or behavior in order to fit in with a group. Now, I like this second explanation better. It says conformity is the act of matching attitudes, matching beliefs, and matching behaviors to what? To group norms, to politics, to being like-minded. Norms are implicit. They are specific rules shared by a group of individuals that guide their interactions with others. Now, listen to this. People often choose to conform to society rather than to pursue a personal desire because it is often easier to follow the path of others, I mean, to follow the path others have made already rather than for you to create a new path. That's deep, 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 deep. What this means is that we would rather go and find out from people who we are. We'd rather learn from people how to behave. We'd rather learn from people how to dress. We would rather go and learn from people how to live our lives and we model our lives against the lives of other people so that we can fit in, so that we can conform, so that we can be like them. I don't care who you are. Wherever you are sitting right now, there is a set of people whom you are trying to emulate. You are trying to copy. You are trying to live according to the life that these people are living. But God says, do not conform. Don't be like them. Don't follow what they are doing. Don't do what they are doing. Do that which God instructs you to do. Don't be scared to forge a new path. When others are going right, don't be scared to go left. When others are saying yes, don't be scared to say no. When others are falling down, don't be scared to stand up. Why? Because there is a Holy Spirit on the inside of you 
that if you were to allow him to speak, he will direct your path. Do not conform. Do not conform. Do not allow the pattern of this world to dictate to you how you are supposed to live your life. Challenge the norms. Challenge the specifics. Challenge the things that people are saying, this is the way. Do not always strive to be politically correct. Stand out in the crowd. Be the one that says no. Stand up in bold for righteousness. Proclaim the name of the Lord where others are silent. You know, even if it leads to the point of death, still be able to stand and proclaim the truth. Jesus says the one who is trying to save his life will lose it. But the one who is willing to give up his life for the sake of the gospel will surely find his life again. So we ought to live our lives in accordance with the will of God. And the will of God, you know, may not be common. The will of God may be something different. The will of God may be something that you have never done before. It may be confusing. It may be very hard. It may be very difficult. You know, you may have to sense your way like our father Abraham had to sense his way when he came out of the land of Ur to go to the land that he did not understand and he did not know. But because of the Holy Spirit beloved on the inside of you you do not have to have a long search before you find yourself in the right path now to the young people that may come across this message listen to me there will be a time in life when you come to the precipice of your life when you come you know to the crossroads of your life where you have to make a decision and you have to determine who you are in life do not let other people determine that for you no matter how much you love them don't let your mother determine your future don't let your father determine your future they want the best for you they love you with all of their heart but it is your God, it is the responsibility of the Father to direct us into the path that we ought to take. Our plans must be in alignment with the will of God. And when we walk in the will of God, we will find our will, we will find our dreams. It is in God that we find out who we are. It is when we are in the Father that we suddenly wake up to the realization of who we are. When you are in God, you begin to find out that you are a king. When you are in God, you begin to find out that you've been healed. When you are in God, you begin to find out that you have been delivered and you have been made whole. When you are in God, you begin to realize that you do not have to live in condemnation for Jesus has already paid for your sin. When you are in God, you begin to realize that blood is thicker than water, but not the blood that we share with one another because we are related, but the blood of Christ. The Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. When the blood of Abel was crying for vengeance. It was the blood of Jesus that was crying for mercy for you and for me, that today we may be saved and proclaim the gospel of truth. There is blood that is thicker than water, but you find this blood when you are in God. It is this blood that covers our sin. It is this blood that has become the propitiation. It is this blood that allows us to stand boldly in the throne of grace and declare the mysteries of God in his presence. It is the blood of Jesus that the Father sees when he looks at us. For when he sees the blood, he passes. When you get into God, 
<laughs> you find that you will never die. Even if you were to leave this world, it is not death. It is merely a transition, you know, into the other next life that God is taking you. You are getting into you know, the next chapter of your life. The Apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but for me to die is gain. When you die, you are gaining. So many of us, we cling on to life. I remember when I was sick unto death, man, I was trying to cling to life. But listen to me, beloved. You don't want to live a life that is meaningless. You don't want to live a life that is directionless. You don't want to live a life, you know, that will end in sorrow. You don't want to live just for the sake of living. That is not how God intended for life to be. God wants you to live a sweet life. God wants you to live a good life. God wants you to live a peaceful life, a powerful life, an impactful life, a life that is dedicated to his people, a life where you draw pleasure from being a blessing in the lives of others. A life where you draw pleasure from knowing that you are a tool in the hands of the master. A life where you know that God is always with you. A life where you know that wherever you find yourself, the presence of the Father is there. For all the things that we seek, beloved, my prayer is that we will seek for the Father. For the plans that we are making, the greatest plan must be to do the will of my Father. It's never too late to give yourself back unto God. There could be one of you or some of you listening to this message right now and you are saying, Bishop, how do I get myself again into the right path? How do I surrender control and allow God to be in charge of my life? How do I allow God to take charge of my life? How do I allow him to be on the driving seat? How do I relinquish power? How do I lay down my crown at the foot of the cross? Beloved, it is very easy. Return, you know, from whence you've gone and get back here where God wants you. Go to where the Lord is sending you. Do that which God said you must do. You know, it's very easy for you to stop everything that you are doing that you know that it is not of God and pursue that which you know that this is what the Father wants you to do. Beloved, I don't care who you are. All of us, deep down in our hearts, there's a time when God revealed himself to us in a mighty way. But for some reason, you know, because of the challenges of life, because of the things of life, we deviated from his plan. I pray for you this morning that you get onto that plan in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that, you know, we can confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. For we believe in our hearts that he is the son of God who died for our sins. The one that God raised from the dead. The one who is now seated with the Father in heavenly places. And the Bible says we are also seated with him. Give your life again. Rededicate yourself to Jesus. You know, be like Peter. Tell him that you are the Christ. You are the anointed one of God. You are the living son of God. You are the one who was sent into this world to die for my sin. Confess him. Proclaim him. Believe him. And live for him. 
And I want to tell you that as you do that, you will begin to see a change in your life. God loves you. God wants you. God has a perfect plan for you. God has a wonderful destiny, a wonderful future for you. Only if you were to give him your life. So give him your life this morning. Relinquish your plans. Give your plans to him. Let him work it out for you. That he will show you the right path. May God bless you. May God prosper you. May God heal you. May God deliver you. May God show himself mighty in your life. My Father, I thank you. Pray for my family. Pray for my friends and pray for my loved ones. Pray for everyone who gets the opportunity to hear this word. That it do not just be a word, but it will be a word that compels one to change. And it will be a word that brings one back to you. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your patience, your kindness, your love, your mercy. Thank you, mighty Father, for you do not judge us. You do not treat us the way our sins deserve. We are grateful this morning. We give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. We thank you, everlasting King. Hallelujah, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah to the Most High God. Bless you. Thank you, Jesus.